When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He missed it. Missed it. Flag down. Offside on the defense number 97. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Kick this one is up, and that one <laughs> is good. I'm not going to put this on decks, and I don't want to put this on decks. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, Lions head coach Dan Campbell, actor Ryan Phillippe, Actor Ray Liotta, plus your phone calls, sneaky good games, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. We have a great Friday show in store for you. All three hours, football, movies, The Sopranos prequel, NFC East talk, week two of the NFL writ large that began last night. College football, come on. Yankees keep losing to the Orioles. I don't follow (laughs) baseball anymore. It's crazy how that works. How are you over there, Chris Brockman? What's up, brother? I'm only still following baseball because I'm in my fantasy playoffs and I'm sweating it out. Oh, so Coop and I are sweating it out too. We got a big, big weekend to see if we can advance. Uh, Mr. Feller in for Mike Del Tufo. How are you, Jay? Good to see you, brother. And how are you, TJ? How are you, TJ Jefferson? (laughs) You know, Rich, I'm tremendous. You know what? I I say this with all sincerity. I really do. Mm -hmm. And it may it's not a metaphor for anything. I can't wait to see what you have in your big ass grab bag later (laughs) on in this Friday show. It's a new Friday staple. TJ's big ass grab bag. We don't know what what group of five you're putting together. Um, also uh, Chris Brockman with his sneaky good games later on, even though the way that he thought last night's game was going to go in a certain town where Mo Green has no plaque or signpost did not go his way Um, and uh, and then I'll give you some games under the radar your phone calls at 844-204-RICH number to dial what are you concerned about your team what are you excited about your team what do you think can happen what are you concerned about will happen so on and so forth because as we have seen in the first hmm, what let's me get this number of 17 games the 17 game regular season mm-hmm. first 17 games played of the everybody plays 17 games regular season let's say right. that twice yeah, that's right Oof. uh it's off the rails <laughs> <laughs> yeah first thursday night game second thursday night game yep. in between a monday night game i'm still hung over from like i had a trip to vegas mm-hmm. and here's a stat that is mind-blowing cannot believe it Honestly, would ascribe it to the other team that plays football in New York. But unfortunately for you, G-Men, you big blue fans, this is yours. The last time 
the New York Giants did not start a season 0-2. Their head coach was Ben McAdoo. 2016 New York Giants. Yep, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and now the 2021 New York Giants have started a season 0-2. And man, did they earn that one last night with so many mistakes. So many mistakes. They should have won that game laughing last night. They should have won that football game laughing away. Ha-ha. By at least a score, if not more. But it was the usual collection that Giants fans have had enough of. The usual collection of false starts followed by poor sacks taken. The usual collection of turning down aggressive play calling for timid play calling. Who do you put that one on? You put that one on the HC? I know you're clapping. You put that one on the OC? Does he have full and complete control of this offense? Or does Joe Judge say, run it twice and then throw it because we just want to kick a field goal and go up because we've just gotten the ball back after we lost the lead and thought that we weren't going to get it back again. I mean, what the Giants did at the end of that game last night, I, I, I still, Giants fans have got to wake up today and say, did that really happen the last, what, seven-plus minutes of the game? When, whenever the drop ball last night Chris have you ever seen somebody that wide open in oh a game that would but that would put it up by 10 it's 23 20 there Giants nobody in the screen Darius Slayton man right there mm. number 86 in your program two hands on the ball and I'll tell the radio audience what we're seeing right here what we are seeing right here is a shot of a giant wide receiver looking at the ball either come off his hand or it's about to go in his hands because it's so wide open to the point where the out-of-focus offensive lineman and the rest of his teammates behind him. <laughs> That's Kyle Rudolph, are, 80. And the, all the offensive linemen are signaling touchdown because it's so wide open and the ball is there. You know what this is the football version of? Is Swaggy P thinking yeah. he's hit that three-pointer and he turns around and he's celebrating it as it rims out. Also, back in that picture, not a single football team member. They're all gone. No member of the WFT in that photo. Look, zero. It's like they left the field. Where are they? <laughs> I don't know. They're certainly not around the receiver. That would have been a 10-point lead. You mean they didn't get photoshopped out of the picture? They would have to be. <laughs> like, there's what, nobody there. This photograph nobody. just absolutely encapsulizes the whole thing. Put this in a time capsule. How did the Giants start 0-2 for five straight years? And then on top of it, you know, before that, they started 0 and 2 in 2013, 14, and 15. Oh. Yeah, 2012, their title defense season, they started 1 and 1. Coughlin started 1 and 1 in 2012. Ben McAdoo did not start 0 and 2 in 2016, their last playoff season when they lost to Green Bay after there was that boat trip, as you remember, in between the regular season finale and that wild card weekend. I think they've only won 18 games since that photo. I don't even, I can't even fathom. So Taylor Heineke, who we are, whose praises we are singing today, mm -hmm. would have had to really pull 
a rabbit out of his Heineke last night. And because um, he'd have been down 10. And even with all that, even with the Heineke magic that went down last night, he threw an ill-advised pass or the Washington football team called an ill-advised pass play. And the Giants picked it off. And with two and change to go, they just went into the let's make sure they don't have any timeouts left mode. And it's just one of those, the prevent offense that just drives you crazy. And Giants fans know it so well. Run, run, throw it. Oh, okay, so you're going to leave them with a timeout, aren't you? I mean, you didn't even, and then you kicked the field goal. And when you've got a two-way threaded quarterback who they can't stop, Daniel Jones had a terrific game last night, running away from the Washington football team, had a touchdown call back because of a holding penalty, running away from the football team. Saquon, and this is another giant stat of the night, had a 41-yard run early on in that game. But the other six carries around, his first seven carries were from minus two yards. I've never seen someone with 39 yards rushing and a 41-yard long. I should have taken a snapshot of the real-time statistics. I've never seen that. Long run, 41. Total yards, 39. Okay. How's that even happen? But he's still on the field last night. He was. When you got to run the timeout, one more first down. What are we doing? What are we doing? Run, run, pass. The free football world knows that's what prevent offense teams do. And Joe Judge kicking field goals on the five-yard line when he only needs two more yards to go, and you're staring on two in the face. And he's supposed to be the guy that from the Belichick era and Belichick world that's supposed to make sure that there are no mistakes made. That there isn't a holding call. By the way, not just the one that called Daniel Jones back. There was a stupid-ass holding play where they were two guys were essentially tackling a Washington football team member on a punt coverage. And Joe Judge, this is his, this is his forte. Special teams, two guys tackling one guy on a punt coverage. What are we? What are you doing? It was just so many. What are you doing? Moments wrapped around some terrific football plays. Kyle Rudolph for the injured Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard. Oh, and I didn't even mention Kenny Galladay barking at Daniel Jones like he has every right to do it. Yeah, I was uncomfortable. Hey, Kenny. Uh, Again, it's one of those two where you're sitting at home and, you know, Dez frequently would say he's he's just riling everyone up and from the trying to fire everyone up because he's fired up. T.O. is just trying to fire people up because he's fired up, and we're just thinking he's barking at somebody because that's what body language when somebody is, you know, leaning into another human being, sitting there staring at them, and it sure looks to the audience and people at home that you're being barked at. And you're the leader of this team. This is your team. You sit there and take it. You know, I, I would be like if I'm, but this is not Daniel Jones's DNA. It never was Eli's DNA either. But no, I don't recall any receivers barking at Eli like that, even when he first got there. This is Daniel Jones after the game. Roll it. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, he was frustrated at the situation. I don't really think it was uh, to me uh, or anyone in particular. So I think, 
you know, we're all good and, and love Kenny. I thought he, he played hard and, and uh, you know, did a lot of good things out there. By this situation, what do you mean? A particular play in the game? or? Yeah, just, just plays and, and uh, you know, I got to do a better job finding him in some places and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll work through it. So what was he yelling? What was he saying? Uh, he was just frustrated, just frustrated the situation and, and uh, you know, we'll be better from it. At some point, this has got to come from Danny Dimes, who, by the way, on a touchdown pass last night, threw a gorgeous ball. Like, maybe the best pass of his career. Maybe the best game he played. Honestly. This one's not on him. No. Mm-hmm. And the new wide receiver, fresh from Detroit, who the Giants shower with more money than anybody else in an offseason, in a free agency period, where wide receivers aren't getting paid, he's going to bark at the quarterback in front of all 90 cameras that Fox has on behalf of NFL Network on Thursday Night Football. And I know it's not in Daniel's DNA, but he should stand right up to him and go, sit down. I got this. Oh, and we haven't even mentioned the offside penalty that blew the whole thing up. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, and two. Now, Giants have a next date against the Falcons. This can get better. Giants were on one of seven last year and then finally turned it around, but, you know, they had the luxury of the rest of the division being terrible, and thus their real estate and location, location, location helped them out. They also did have two wins against the Washington football team in their back pocket. They don't have that now. Washington, you know, will hit later on. I just wanted to get into the mind-blowing fact that the Giants are 0-2 again. And you know what, Jet fans, if you're out there, you know, ready to have your fun at their expense, because that's the way these things go in New York City and New Jersey. Uh Thank God for the Giants. If it wasn't for their 2011 and 2016 playoff appearances, we wouldn't have seen one in the uh, metropolitan area since the Jets in 2010 went to the AFC Championship game. Yep. That's how long it's been. What a dreadful period for New York football. Terrible. Terrible. So many mistakes that you expect Joe Judge from the Belichick world to clean up. They can. It's not over. There's a 17th game, too, on the back end. We'll see how much of a death knell 0-2 is. How many mistakes did they make last night? How many? And Washington, you know, they got out with the win. Heineke looks like he can be a problem for a lot of teams to defend. You're seeing a lot of the guys who are playing the sport were tweeting about him. He's caught the attention of a lot of folks in the league with his ability to throw and run. And the way I took Heineke's performance last night, if I'm Cam Newton sitting on the couch, I am not looking for that 202 area code lighting my phone up. Not at all. Didn't look good in the first quarter. I was texting you. I'm like, you know, maybe Kyle Allen needs to warm up right here. Because the the Giants had shown up. They showed up like that they were, you know, they came out with their first 15 scripted. Second straight week, uh, an opponent went into FedEx and scored in their first 15 scripted which is something that I'm sure Ron Rivera is going to be talking about with Jack Del Rio moving forward. And last night, 
you know, the Giants made some nice plays, but they just couldn't sustain it. And then when it came time to be aggressive, they weren't. Graham Gano should not have that many field goals on a night. Yeah. You should put it in the end zone. And when it's in the end zone and the receiver has it to put you up 10, he's got to catch the ball. And they overcome the loss of their center. And they overcome a lot of these mistakes. And they are up. And the field goal kicker to win it misses. Hold on a minute. Flag on the play. Are you kidding me? The guy lined up on the ball. How do you jump? Is offsides. So the last two, (laughs) the last two, and I just wonder again if this is just because it's early in the season, but the last two nationally televised games, right there on, right there on the line of scrimmage, we saw a quarterback hard count on the foot line, and then we saw a defensive lineman jump offsides over the football. That's why I'm saying anything can happen. We've already seen it. And boy, we're going to have an extra week of football to see more of this craziness. 17 games in into the first. Everybody plays 17 game regular season. And it has been just off the rails. Jeff Schwartz, former offensive lineman for giant, former giant offensive lineman. He knows the team and the community very well. He's going to join us. Last game of week number two, the Monday Nighter. Uh, I'll be at the Westwood One hosting mic for that one. But before that, Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, fresh off of that big almost win. I don't see any of those in the standings. But I'm wondering what the head coach of that team can take out of nearly coming back to beat the 49ers. Dan Campbell will join us for a big game for the Lions on Monday night and the Packers as well. Diehard Eagle fan Ryan Phillippe. He had to be just wondering, which team do I want to lose last night? <laughs> I wonder how an Eagle fan watched that one. He's uh, in a new film that he also wrote, co-wrote, called Lady of the Manor, a comedy. And the many saints of Newark talk about a highly anticipated film. David Chase decides to make a prequel to The Sopranos, decides to ask James Gandolfini's son to play the role of young Anthony Soprano, gets him to do it, and then um, the character that kind of molds young Anthony Soprano is Christopher uh, Moltisanto's uncle, or his father, pardon me. Yeah, Dickie Moltisanti. Dickie Moltisanti, right. And so the guy who molds Anthony Soprano is his uncle, who's Christopher's dad. And that character is played by Ray Liotta, who's going to join us in the third hour of this program. Buckle up. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I want, I'm going to ask him about one Goodfellas question, obviously. Okay. Or two. <laughs> We're gotta, I gotta hear. I've got to hear from him. A couple three. His telling of the scene of of Joe Pesci with the funny. Uh, how, how am I funny on my clown? Yep. Scene. Because as it, as it goes, like they just let Joe Pesci do his thing, mm-hmm. and they really thought he was serious. Like that. That's kind of the wives' tale about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering about that. And then maybe maybe the late night dinner at. At Pesci's mom's Pesci's, house, well, who was no, actually Scorsese's, Scorsese's real mother. Real mother, right. correct. Any of that, all of it. 
You know who's also in this film? Leslie Odom Jr., who everybody from the Hamilton world knows very well. Corey Stoll, who's now in the latest season of Billions. The trailer for Succession is out right now. Oh, gosh. All right. So there's so much to talk about. I don't want to prattle on. I want to be as on time as possible for Jeff Schwartz. And then obviously you at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial for you and everybody else here on this show that will be literally all over the pop culture map. But Jeff Schwartz on what in the world we saw last night. Next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. So, look, I know social media accounts are run by anybody but the actual football department, right? Mm-hmm. And usually some millennials that have their fun, and they're very entertaining. I just found it interesting to tweet from the Washington football team <laughs> last night after yeah. the game because I just ran through for everybody all the mistakes the Giants made, mm-hmm. and so many of them were unforced errors. It wasn't like, you know, some hold occurred because a lineman got beat in a crucial moment. It wasn't, you know, the ball went off of Slayton's hands because there was a defender in his face. It wasn't a hold on uh, a special teams because a guy made a terrific move. It was just a dumb hold. It wasn't like, you know, the giant jumped off sides because of some sort of smart play the Washington football team made. So I just found this a very self-aware tweet from the 49er, from the uh, Washington football team's, uh, uh, here we go, open the case, oh, 0-2. <laughs> <laughs> 
putting the Giants logo over the dude who lost in Dealer Don't No Dealer. Oh, my goodness gracious. W. 0-2. I mean, forget about anything else. Hey, look, Heineke played extremely well. You know, threw a pick when the game was on the line. Oh, my God. I mean, threw a total pick with the game on the line, man. stupid. But McCorn looked great. Would have liked a little more Antonio Gibson. Well, I, I mean, that's your fantasy thing. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that when you call, like, again, Matt Nagy did not demand of the Bears' social media department when they signed Andy Dalton. You send out that tweet that calls him QB1. Maybe he right? did. I don't know. You think he called him up? How? Hey, guys, think, I got you, an idea here, for a tweet. You think after Ryan Pace calls him up and says, <laughs> hey, the deal's done. He's like, okay, let's start, let's start mapping out. Let's start game planning. Let's start talking about practices. Are Let's get Andy on the phone. Let's do it. Yep. Deal's done. Great. Oh, first, how's, how's at Chicago Bears handling it on Twitter? Are they going to put out that QB1 tweet? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that totally ties our hands in the draft. And then will be something that, you know, say Rich Eisen will throw in my face when I appear kindly after the draft. Right. Remember when I brought that up to him? He's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't that. He wasn't that <laughs> Just like, are you really going to hold me to what at Chicago Bears tweeted out? <laughs> man, at that moment, oh, he man. was QB1, though. Uh-huh. At that specific Not moment really. in the yeah. time, he was QB1. Nick is still there. Don't, don't sleep on Nick. Ah, come on. Like, I Certainly think, when Nick is going to be the star of uh, midseason hard knocks in Indianapolis. Hey, now. Well, yeah, Talk about that later that? on. Talk about that later on. <laughs> Back on the Rich Eisen Show, not just on Peacock, but also on this Rich Eisen Show radio network, Sirius XM Channel 211 on uh, NBC Sports Audio, right after the Dan Patrick Show, as we also are on Peacock every single day. We're on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, terrestrial radio affiliate, smart enough to have us, and then Odyssey streams us every day. We're also on uh, on our podcast network, the Cumulus Podcast Network, Rich Eisen Show. You can listen to us on demand whenever you want, all three hours every day. And my Just Getting Started podcast on the career origins of Voices of the NFL, Al Michaels last week, Joe Buck this week, next week, Kevin Harlan. I did a pod yesterday with Strahan. Oh, nice. It's terrific. That's coming later on about career origins. Neat stuff. And joining me here right now on the Rich Eisen Show is uh, a man who played several seasons in the National Football League. He's an expert on offensive line play. And I just love uh, following him on Twitter. And he's got a terrific podcast of his own called Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Jeff Schwartz back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Jeff? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me back. All right. What do you make of uh, the Thursday night game? What do you got for me? <laughs> so every every Thursday night game that we dread ends up being terrific, by the way. It happens every single time. Oh, my God, the, the Panthers in, in Texas are playing next Thursday night. That game will be great. Uh, look, very simply, the Giants should have won that game, right? Um, Daniel Jones played maybe his, uh, the best complete game he has since he got in the NFL, right? His rushing, his passing. The Giants offensive line played really well in the second half of that game against a Washington defense that we expected a lot from this year. And guess what? They still lost, right? Like, you, you just can't lose games like that in the NFL. It's what bad teams do. And we keep waiting for the Giants to not be bad anymore. They have the most losses in the NFL since 2017. The start of that, they have the most in the NFL. They're like 18 and 49 or something in that time span. Um, they play bad football. And we saw last night in big moments, they played the worst football, right? They, they forced a turnover, uh, a great, Bradbury, great play, right? He jumps the, the route. He gets the ball, and what do they do? They take 11 seconds off the clock, mm. go five yards, and kick a field goal. 
And then they come out, obviously. And how do you jump off? You're literally looking at the ball if you're the zero technique, essentially, on the center. You're not blocking that kick, buddy. I'm just letting you know. As someone who did field goal protection forever, you ain't blocking that kick. I'm just letting you know. And you jumped outside. Like, things like that cannot happen, especially when the coach, Joe Judge, brands himself as this, like, disciplinarian and and, and we're not going to make mistakes. And, and then in week one, Joe Judge throws a challenge flag on a scoring review play. That gets, that gets, you know, they, they, get, uh, they get challenged automatically. Like, you keep making mistakes and we keep being told that this is a different Giants team. I haven't seen it yet. So if you're a Giants fan, you have every right to be upset this morning about your team after last night. Well, what is the um, assessment of the offense, the play calling, the, the number of X's and O's people that I follow on Twitter, and I consider you one of them too, Jeff, uh, very critical of uh, Jason Garrett's system and offense and not being diverse enough, which is what we heard all the time in Dallas for all those years yeah. as well. Uh, is that an accurate charge? Because, I mean, the first 15 last night looked pretty good. And Daniel Jones did play, as you point out, a complete game. He was running free without a holding penalty calling it back. I mean, yeah. put it all together. I mean, Slayton was wide open. I mean, how much of this can be put on Garrett when it's all said and done? I'm not sure last night was, was really Garrett's fault. I mean, I think we look at the end of the game situation where, again, they wasted a whole 11 seconds and take the field goal. And, you know, people put that on, on Jason Garrett. But that really comes back to the philosophy of the coach, right? If the coach wants to be aggressive there, then I would imagine that that would be radioed into the offense to be more aggressive. I do think the Giants are generally, um, you know, a pretty, a pretty boring offense, right? They're not very imaginative. Um, uh, but they've drafted to be that way, right? They drafted a running back. They drafted a quarterback who is not, I think, at his best is average in the NFL. Um, that's what their offense is going to be with the personnel they have. And I know it's frustrating for Giants fans, but you you signed an offensive coordinator who was that way in Dallas, right? Like, what do you expect? The, the, the thing we do in the NFL, which is, um, I guess, normal nature to, to think that coaches are going to just change who they are. And some do, right? Andy Reid has done a good job with that. Bill Belichick has always been, been adaptable. But Jason Garrett has been in the NFL a long time. His offense at the end of his time in Dallas was pretty boring. And I guess, you know, the Giants, guess what? It's still pretty boring. Like, what do we expect this to be? That's who he is. That, that's what his philosophy is. Um, you know, just kind of conservative, run the ball, don't make mistakes, which is fine. You should win some games doing that. But you have to be in a uh, dynamic on offense now. That's not what the Giants are. So did, did you re- do you really think Daniel Jones at his best is average? I mean, because he, he has above-average skills, don't you think? I mean, he can be I mean, a two-way threat, you know, and the same way that we're, we're in rightfully so saying, like, say, Ryan Tannehill's praises. I mean, Jones has the same game in, in many ways. He's, fa- he's fast and he's elusive, and if he's accurate and he's thrown almost 64% of his balls, hasn't thrown an interception yet, I mean, those are numbers I would take if I'm the Giants for the first two games of the season, wouldn't you? But, no, I mean, who? I mean, is so you you just let out a bunch of ifs, right? If I did, no, I did. Is this, if he's that, if he's this, if he's that, I mean, that doesn't feel like a quarterback who uh, is okay. Is where do you put Derek Carr as a quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I could see where you're going. I know where you're putting it, but I mean, there are occasions where he'll play a game where he misses on like what two passes, and he's the perfect vessel for whatever Gruden's cooking up. 
and then he'll throw a ball behind somebody when they're wide open yeah. on a crossing route, you know, and, and if he puts it in front of him, that's 25 yards, and instead now we're second and 10 or third and 10, yeah, and, you know, and I, and I get what you're saying. I'm just, I guess, talking about a skill set. Like if at his best, he should be, Daniel Jones should be a guy who can put some points on the board. And last night, my God, they could have put up 40 if they didn't have those mistakes, yeah. you know? I mean, they could have been yeah. against a defense that we all consider, I think, in the – NFL media as as a, a a pretty stout one, don't you think? That's what, but that's what sets apart kind of the, the good from the great, right? Is, is not having those moments, right? Slain's wide open. I saw Torrey Smith this morning tweet out. He thought that ball was just half a you know half a pace overthrown, and and maybe it was. I, I mean, I'm not going to argue with him. He's played wide receiver for many years in the NFL, you know. But again, like, does does Pat Mahomes overthrow that guy? Right? And he's a bad example. He's the best quarterback. But you know, does, yeah. does Derek Carr overthrow that guy? Probably not. Right? Like. It's little plays like that that are made by the upper echelon quarterbacks. They're just not made by guys like Daniel Jones. And it's unfair to, to point to one throw in that game, but often those throws are the ones that make you the money, right? Those are the throws that – and the best example for this, by the way, I, I'm going to use this till the end of time, is the, 20, is the 2019 Super Bowl, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, the reason why they drafted Trey Lance. There were two plays in the fourth quarter. One, Kittle's wide open on third down. Doesn't throw to him, and I was the play design to go to Kittle. Just doesn't do it. Someone else, Sanders, incomplete. And then again, on the next drive, Sanders open for a touchdown. The play is perfectly drawn up, perfectly executed. Ball's overthrown by three yards. It's like it's two or three throws a game that set apart the average to the above average. And so far, Daniel Jones, to me, hasn't shown any ability to be that above average quarterback. Jeff Schwartz, eight years in the NFL, um, joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. Get that number right. I know that you you were. I got that number right, right? You're eight-year veteran, nine-year veteran? What do yes, I? eight, yeah. Eight, eight. I got that right, okay. And so the, the Washington football team, they got, do they have their guy, Taylor Heineke? What do you think? Is he the guy? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have some Washington football team fans that are using back and forth like throughout the game about this too, right? Like every quarter we, we update it. Is, is Heineke the guy? Um, I think that historically speaking, the answer would be no, right? Um, <laughs> we don't have a lot of players like him that end up being – franchise type quarterbacks and there's a reason why they brought in ryan fitzpatrick because they thought that uh, he's just a good backup and you know not really a starting to, uh, quarterback type but he played well last night um and i think just we need to see more of this only third start um we need to see more of i would lean to know just because again the history of the nfl isn't kind to quarterbacks that have his background um but there's always outliers but i don't i'm not sure he's the outlier. this is a seventh team now 16 now i mean that's that doesn't feel like a guy who's a franchise quarterback. All right. So what game are you looking forward to this weekend, Jeff? Which game are you looking forward to? Um, well, of course, you know, Chiefs-Ravens, I'm looking forward to that one. I think the Chiefs uh, are, are going to go in there and score a lot of points again because they are – the Ravens just don't adjust very well to what the Chiefs do on offense. And, um, you know, starting 0-2 used to be the end of your season, essentially. Now, this year, because of 17 games, it, it might not be, right? That's uh, – Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's something to think about as we go into this year. I think another game that's located in the Niners and Eagles, right? The Eagles offensively, I watched a bunch of that game only because I foolishly bet on the Falcons as usual. And, um, <laughs> and, they, and, uh, yeah. and Eagles, Eagles offense looked good. I was like, their offensive line's back and healthy. Their defensive line was rushing the passer well. Um, you know, uh, Hertz was efficient. He got the ball where it's supposed to be. A little bit of kind of that college esque offense feel to it. 
But nonetheless, they looked pretty good. And again, Niners team obviously off an embarrassing final three minutes of the Lions game. Um, if the Eagles win this game, um, a lot of us might have to change our opinion on what Jalen Hurts can be. So that's a kind of a, a low-key interesting game because uh, the Niners obviously didn't finish very well, uh, which is, they'll, they'll come out kind of hot. But I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the Eagles offense. You know what? Uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show, Jeff, when you, you go higher register, it means you don't, you know, you need to go there to believe what you're saying. I think you just went higher register on the entire Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, I'll be honest, uh, with Washington. Yeah, I want to see it. I know. With I want to see it one more time. With the Washington football team having their backup, despite him looking like he did last night, uh, they still should have lost the game. The Giants being 0-2 again, and the Cowboys coming into the the new stadium here to take on a Chargers team that looked terrific against Washington, and they're being banged up on their offensive line now and defensive line, um, or they're they're they've got Lyle Lyle Collins out and obviously banged yeah. up on their defensive line. Eagles could, uh, and I just want higher register too. The Eagles could, uh, you know, be two and zero and 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 have a nice start to this season for the NFC. So I hear you. Yeah, they they, they could. Um, I was high on the Cowboys this year, and unfortunately, it feels like another foolish thing to do as usual. Um, you know, they're just a, kind of a wreck with injuries and suspensions and stuff. So yeah, the Eagles, if they get to a quick two and zero, two nothing lead on, on on the division, obviously you have to feel good about about the direction you're in. I think a lot of people made fun of that hire. It felt like a hire that was made just kind of as a mouthpiece for the front office. Uh, but if they go 2-0, obviously the Eagles will be laughing at everyone right now as early in the season. If you could take stock in a rookie quarterback, which one would you take stock in? Only one. Which one would you take stock in? Uh, only one. Long, um, long-term play. I, I will do Trey Lance, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because he has the best offensive coordinator out of all five of those guys. And when you play in that offense, you succeed, right? Everyone who has played in a Shanahan offense has had success, whether you are an average trait quarterback or above average trait and Rogers MVP last year, most often that offense is run with guys who have average traits because it's a, it's a, it's a stable offense to run. Um, and Trey Lance has above average traits. Hasn't played very much football, but he has above average physical traits. And you give him uh, the opportunity to play in an offense, assuming that him and Shanahan are paired together for a long time moving forward. I think he will have the best career because of that. It doesn't mean that the other guys are going to suck, but the offensive corner situation in Washington is just much better than it is in Chicago. Might not have Matt Nagy moving forward, right? What is Zach Wilson and, and the Jets? Urban Meyer, how long is he going to stay mm. there? Um, and you know, I, I, Mac Jones is is in a good spot with Belichick and with uh, and with Josh McDaniels. I just don't think he has the physical traits that Lance does. How's your brother? How's Mitchell? Jeff? He's putting out cooking videos once a week, and he's got his little daily. He's got little daily videos on breaking down film. He seems to be enjoying his uh, his uh, his season so far. Okay. What well, I mean, I know you want to speak for him, but I mean, is he feeling all right? I mean, are we are we going to see him again? You think? Uh, I, the NFL? Look, he's. He's his his line is he is still rehabbing, and he is. Uh, I'm sure teams have called. I would be foolish if they didn't call. Like I'm sure the Ravens probably got on the phone Monday night and were like, "Hey, Mitch, how you feeling? Are you healthy right. to play?" Right. Um, and so I don't know what he wants to do. He might just wait till halfway through season and just play half season. I, I don't know. I know teams have called, um, but he's just enjoying life right now. Well, and I, I called you this week, Jeff Schwartz, because you're an Oregon Duck, and I watched your team just absolutely just lay some wood in Columbus, Ohio last week, and, and we were looking for our 
uh, toughest player on planet Earth award winner. And we spoke to Alex Forsyth. You're like, yeah, that would be a good choice. And, you know, and you also counseled like, look, you know, it's a, a unit offensive line and we're giving them free, every, all of them getting free glue. But what a kid. We really enjoyed getting to meet him, um, Jeff. I, I mean, he was really pretty, really cool talking to the center of yeah. the Oregon Ducks and Alex Forsyth. The, the, uh, the Oregon offensive line coach said he's the, like the, the most mentally tough player he's ever coached. Um, and you know, he, he donated the money uh, to his dad's foundation, right? Yep. The more his scholarship foundation. So um, he's a, he's a great dude. He anchors an offensive line. Obviously that was a huge win for our program. And then your Wolverines took down Washington. So you, you know, you and uh, Oregon are the, <laughs> the, the leaders of the Alliance so far. Um, yes, we are. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, uh, Washington scored a total of 17 points all season. Great, great start for the Huskies this uh, this year. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was it was awesome to see Oregon get that recognition. Um, and look, we got Stony Brook tomorrow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> come on, don't even go. Don't even. <laughs> you can't even finish the sentence. Don't even. What's with Stony Brook? I, I watch, I, come on. I watched this. I watched the Stony Brook New Hampshire highlight on YouTube yep. the other day from Week One, uh-huh. and my my first thought was. Oregon might injure everyone on Stony Brook. Like it, <laughs> it, it's, it's just like not a good D2 team or whatever division they're in. Um, what are they doing? I, I feel bad for Stony Brook. But what's, I mean, uh, it's just, okay. Oregon, Stony Brook, the matchup nobody saw coming or ever really needed or, or Is wanted. that off the board, Jeff? Can we bet on that? Like, what's the line? So, so it's funny. It's not on the board right now. There is There is a game out west. Um, there's Cal and, Sa- and Sac State, and Cal has started off the last two games uh, up two scores, and they've lost both of them. I want to bet Cal first half, but I can't find a line so, so far. So Dude. I'm waiting. I've been, <laughs> I'm patiently waiting. Oh my God! Waiting Jeff. Jeff and I are Cal, kindred spirits. Jeff Sac State first half. Line. <laughs> so Jeff Schwartz, who's got a podcast saying Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you, is admitting that he's spending part of his time as a it. human being on this planet. A watching Stony Brook. What was it? New Hampshire highlights, uh, it, right? It was a four-minute highlight on YouTube. I do, uh, I do daily Paxo radio. So I, I kinda no, have to, like, I know you've got a gig <laughs> and you have a life, Jeff. That's why I was pointed. That's why I was. That's where I was going. That you're saying that you're looking for Cal Sac State first half lines to bet on, uh, and 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 you've got stuff going on. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not up yet, unfortunately. I keep looking. <laughs> Come on, give me the, give me the first half. Give me a first half line, people. If it's anything like 14, I'm all over it. Everybody should at Jeff Schwartz, G-E-O-F-F, Schwartz. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeff Schwartz. Appreciate the time. You be well. Yeah, take care. Have, have a good one, Bob. Jeff Schwartz, everybody. <laughs> Man, uh, who knew Jeff Schwartz, my long-lost brother? <laughs> yeah, please. Well, you've met him here. You've met him here. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take your phone calls at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I've also got some games under the radar for the rest of week number two. There's some games up on a marquee, which will, of course, will hit. Ryan Phillippe, the actor uh, who's a diehard Eagles fan, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, however, is going to be our next guest, Dan Campbell. That's all still to come on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, 
just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. One of the uh, items that we have here on our set that's never shown on television. Is I got a book over there, Great Jews in Sports. Would you autograph that book yeah. for me? It's a little tiny, it's a little tiny, it's a little yeah. you order, but No, it's not a pamphlet. It is a thick ass book. Okay, it is significant because it's about the history of the entirety of sports in America. Okay, so we go back. Yeah, it's 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 we buried it. Why do we have the Great Jews in Sports book completely buried on the on our set? I mean, it's I got understand. its own spot. Everything it, here has its place. There, well, there, there it is. is. There it is. Well, it's, you right know, it's there. way in the back. Howard Cosell, corner. it looks like, is on the front cover. I'm and I'm an inducting the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Now. Hey, yeah. Wait, the best part about this and, is it's uh, revised and updated with an introduction by Red Auerbach. Hey, he's <laughs> one of the greatest Jews in this sports right this, there. This book cannot be this thick. It's, it's, a lot, it has a lot of it's in real, it. man. Max Freeman, pioneer of basketball. T- turn it all the way to the back. Uh, well, how many pages is there? What, oh. what, what the book ends on what page? The Maccabee games are back here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the book ends. What, what's the last number? Right 331. There. 331 pages. Jeff Schwartz is going to autograph my copy this of Great ama- Jews in Sports. This is an amazing book. It, I did not know this thing existed. There you go. And a Star of David. <laughs> have you ever what? signed? I've never here, signed. Hold on, I've, g- give me the book and I'll hold it up right I've here. I've signed a lot of things. Hey, let's well, see what this a, looks like. I signed like. a toilet seat one time. I signed a what toilet seat. What do you mean? Hold on. What, you signed a toilet seat? Yeah, at Oregon, we had this like, you know, like the big day where everyone comes and signs things. And, um, and, uh, Someone guy brought a toilet seat one year and then brought a toaster the next year. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Do you do you know who the you, you and your brother were the first Jewish brothers yeah. to play in the NFL since? Do you know that? 1923. It's in my book, in my Schwartz. <laughs> it's like the start of the book. Do you know the name of the do you know their names? Yeah, it was uh it was the free, it was the uh Friedman brothers, right? No. Oh no, not the Friedman no, that, brothers. Not Benny Friedman, who by the way went University the, of Michigan, father of the modern was, uh, past. Um, I should know this. There I think uh I'll give you I'll give you Ralph and Arnold. Yeah, I should, Horween. Horween, yeah. I used to know. I, Horween brothers. I used to, I should know that. It's in my book. But yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that I do know. Ralph was an All-American at Harvard. Oh, his mother must have been so proud. Yes. God uh, bless. Won the 1920 Rose Bowl. Played under the alias of Ralph McMahon, an Irish name. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? I, Are there Horween's in the I, book? I just went to I just went to local Oregon. Jeez, Arnold I feel like... uh, played four seasons for Racine Chicago Cardinals with his brother. Let me look it up. 
They had it better. Hold be. on a minute. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on a minute. Uh, are they in here? The whore wings are not in or here. Or are they under the Irish name? Red Holtz. we got to look under McMahon just in case <laughs> they put the Irish alias in here. Nope. Oh, but Red Holtzman's in here. A related story, Alex Bregman had four RBIs last night for the Astros. He also signed that Hey. Book. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Jeff Schwartz just hanging up. You heard in his commentary a couple of... Um, shots, passive aggressive shots, or just full on aggressive shots towards <laughs> Joe Judge. Full on aggressive. Well, I mean, just in he, you know, he's tweeting like maybe he's going to make him run laps. You know, that he's the attention to detail guy right. and threw a challenge flag on a scoring play, and they told him pick it up. It, we're challenging it anyway, but that's a timeout. Cost his team a timeout to challenge a play that was going to be challenged. Would you think somebody who's details-oriented and buttoned up and situationally brilliant and knows how to get his guys attuned to that sort of thing should know that himself? That was week one of year two, and then game two of year two, there's a special teams hold on a punt. There's a special teams offsides that cost them the game, essentially. There are so many other mistakes that cost them the game. I know how football is. You know, it's not just one play, not just one guy. Play better than the ref's ref, all that business. But that's the difference. That's what happens when you get someone from the Belichick coaching tree. You're expecting them to come out of the box as polished and as situationally brilliant and ready for everything as Belichick is. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work that way. Not everybody's bill. Now, Vrabel is, a, is thought of being on the Belichick coaching tree. He is not. He's on the Bill O'Brien coaching tree, which is, I guess, on the Belichick coaching tree, I guess, is eventually as a branch of some sort. You know, Vrabel didn't get his coaching start from Bill. Vrabel was the linebacker's coach at Ohio State, I right, think, as before well. he went to Tennessee. Right, and so, yeah. but he's from the Belichick mold, supposedly, because he played for Bill. Right. But you're talking about his assistants that go somewhere else. And, you know, from Patricia, whose successor is joining us shortly, to Mangini, to McDaniels, where he went to Denver and he drafts Tim Tebow and gets the gate and then takes a job in Indianapolis and then bails at the last minute. I mean, the only and, – and this is this works. This works. Nick Saban. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. The greatest college coach, the Belichick of college coaching. Yeah. That works. That was also, but it's, you know, almost 30 years ago. And his football life, the Nick Saban football life's coming up next week on NFL Network. To your point, it was, Bill Barnwell had the funny tweet last night. He said, imagine how undisciplined the Giants would be if Joe Judge wasn't a stickler. You know, that's, and that's the whole point. Right. Yes. The issue is for all of these Belichick acolytes or that you get them, you take them from Bill, that I have seen personally. Again, I know I keep referring to, you know, those two days I spent in Bill's presence, you know, but I did and I saw and I gathered as much information as I possibly could could on just what makes it all work, right? Mm -hmm. What could I glean to make, like, what makes this work? 
for Bill, and your answer is Tom Brady makes it work. Well, yeah. that was a hell of a marriage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was yeah. a hell of a marriage. It was a hell of a marriage in the same way that, you know, Pete Carroll is chafing at the let Russ cook moniker because it implies he's the one who's turning the gas off in the kitchen. Right. He's the one who refuses to let Russ cook. Who's the one who let Russ cook to begin with? I know Schneider drafted him, but the coach is the one who's like, yeah, I'm going to start him. I'm going to see what he does in practice in the film room. I'm going to start him. Even though we just signed a guy in free agency and we already had a veteran on the staff. I'm going to start him. Belichick's the one who told Brady, You're, we're sticking with you. Once Bledsoe came back healthy. He could have gone and said, yeah, you know, I'm going back to my veteran. In the same way Anthony Lynn was already downplaying Justin Herbert's first yeah. start in favor of Terod Taylor, who is showing he's got an opportunity here in Houston. Doesn't need to look over his shoulder. Keeps playing like that. Davis Mills is going to have his ass nailed to the bench. Yeah, they're going to beat the Browns this weekend. That's what bitch. you keep saying. But the difference is, is yeah, it's still a first-time experience for Joe Judge. And he could say that I saw Bill do this and I saw Bill do that. But Bill's like, I saw March Abroda do this. I saw Parcells do that. And I was there when Jerry Rice did this. And I was there when we told Lawrence Taylor to do that. And I was there with my dad. I was there watching Johnny U. I was there snapping to Johnny U at his, at his camp. Like, he's Belichick has 40 years of institutional knowledge that he has the ability to continue to just, he's kind of like, like got a Rolodex in his head. Oh, that moment I, I had and I was privy to back in 1979. I'll just pull that out right here and tell the guys about it on Wednesday. And guess what happens Sunday? The same exact thing he, he warned him about on Wednesday. Or guess what happens three Sundays later? What he warned him about on that Thursday. Not everybody's got that. And as long as Joe Judge does not win, it'll be like, yeah. Such a stickler. They all jump off sides. Yeah, Matt Patricia, you and your pencil. Great. That's great. You didn't win. The minute they win, though, it'll be like, yeah. Good thing we took Belichick's guy. Yeah, learn from Bill. Difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Alan Dallas, let's take his call. Al, I knew we'd be chatting today. I had, a, I had that sixth sense. What's up, Al? Line two. Al, like my brothers and sisters at the Stony Brook Seawolves would say, I'm, I'm sure about 75% don't even know where Stony Brook is to listen to the Rich Eisen show. <laughs> now they do. Um, so, listen, Schwartz is right. The Schwartz is right. Um, you know, Jerry Glanville said it the best. What does the NFL stand for? Not for long if this team keeps producing like this. I mean, I, I, yesterday the Giants didn't attempt a, a pass 20 yards downfield until the third quarter. The coaching is sporadic at best. Sporadic. I don't understand how a I don't understand how a nose tackle can jump off sides. I played PBC football on Long Island. I that was the first rule. The guy on the line looks at the football. They are making very very bad mistakes. Their defense can't stop anybody, right? Can't stop anybody. They make they're making that kid look good on Washington. He's not a he's not a full-time starting okay. quarterback in the NFL. We will see because you know? Washington's got a an, uh, an interesting schedule ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you got to beat Atlanta. That's of, a must. You got to. Uh, it is the curse of the old man being there, you right. know, because every place that he goes, the other quarterback gets better. Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name already. With the beard, 
The guy, you know, the guy. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills, and then the Atlanta Falcons are next up for the Giants, and then they're next up for Washington after that while the Giants go to the Saints. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's troubling. It's troubling. And listen, defense is not – it's an offensive game now, okay? Right? So you got to have – you got to have you, – you, it's, it's all about offense. Defense, you got to make a stop every once in a while. But the, the coaching – now I know what it's like. I live in Dallas. Now I know uh, the frustration of the Cowboy fans with Jason Garrett. His play calling is erratic. Thanks for it's the erratic. call. Thanks for the call, Al. You take Thanks. care, brother. That's Alan Dallas. Giant fan of Dallas. <laughs> Al was texting me all last night, we stink. Giant stink. Giant stink. <laughs> and then they had a chance to – then they, then, they, then they were right there to win it. Yep. And we'd be talking about, hey, man, Daniel Jones making all those plays, and they win despite all those mistakes. And Taylor Heineke made that big mistake. Now it's the exact opposite. Dan Campbell of the Lions coming up. Difference between winning and losing in the NFL is so slim. It's so huge. And it is also just such a big difference about what happens in the following week. And the whole world can R-E-L-A-X and all of that stuff, and you keep it within your own locker room or whatever. But what leads to a guy who's just fresh on the team to bark at Daniel Jones like Kenny Galladay did last night? And Daniel Jones going up there and doing the, the Eli thing, which is like, ah, it's no big deal. Yeah, I mean, we're fine. Yeah, I mean, he was just frustrated. Not me particularly, but we're cool. And then you hear about that they're hugging it out in the locker room. But if I'm... I'm, I'm honestly, if I'm a quarterback, I take him aside and go, "Listen, bro, like let's let's hash this out. Like what, like what happened? Do you think that, you know, I didn't do? How can we make this better? And I'm sure Daniel Jones could be doing something like that. But you've got to have a part of you that's be like, "Hey, man, there's like 30 cameras out there, and everyone's gonna think that we're uncool if you bark at me like that." Yeah, but this happens. This is like it a happens all the time. thing, and, and we're saying Daniel Jones like he's Tom Brady. Not saying, and I get what you're saying. He's got to get there. He's got to get there. But I mean, you got to, you got to. People you, get heated. It's a, it's a violent game, and people get heated, and they get hot, and I they're going to yell, and you're going to at some point catch though, it. At some point, though, you got if you want to be the top dog there, you got to to uh, use the Odell uh, touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess analogy. You got to lift your leg, and you got to pee on your territory. He doesn't have that in him, though. Well, he's got to. And if somebody made... who's new to the team is going to be just like, he's been there 50 years, well, and this is his team, and he's going to start yelling at him like that? Again, like, we, we keep don't... your head on straight. Let's, let's hash this thing out. Certainly, if you've got to... Like, listen, dude, what we do every day is our business, right? And we're, we both take it very seriously here, okay? Very seriously. Mm-hmm. And... I know it's not an aggressive game where we're being hit. But at some point, like, you got to check yourself from losing your head in front of other people when there's a leadership role that's to be respected. And my thought is, like, I would pull aside, like, what, what's your lack of respect towards me where you treat me like that in a situation where we got to keep our heads on straight? That's the way I'd look at it. Man, I mean, that, I don't know if a hug's going to take care of that. 